to another episode of Do I Still Love It? The podcast that if you stare at it just right, it's dolphins. <laughs> oh I, man, I thought it was going to be a castle. <laughs> I still don't see it. Uh, I think it, it always helped me if it was framed, because then you could stare at your reflection in the glass, and that's when I would see <laughs> what it. What kind of fancy people <laughs> framed magic eyes? <laughs> Ever so often, you know, like the little kiosk at the mall would have a few framed ones up to like show you, mm-hmm. and then even if it's in just like a plastic frame, you know, the old poster frame. I was given a book of them, but I didn't know how to do them at the time. Ugh. I spent three days <laughs> trying to do it <laughs> alone in and my attic. Did you permanently ruin your eyesight? No, but I did get it. Oh, okay. And I found that book this, this summer when I was back at my parents' house. I still got it. Nice. <laughs> That's the voice of Laura Weiss, my co-host. I'm Marshall James, and you're listening to Do I Still Love It, the podcast where we invite a guest over to rewatch a movie or a TV show that they loved when they were kids to see whether or not they still love it. Now, they're adults. And our returning guest this week, fan favorite actress... <laughs> <laughs> Ariana Kaiser. Woohoo! Who you may remember from? From the Willow episode, mm. where you admitted to us that you, you couldn't quite re- remember parsing out the differences between uh, Willow and the movie Hot Shots because you consumed both of them a lot one summer when you were a child. Well, I think what it was is that I saw. It was either Willow or Hot Shots that I, I literally saw like seven times in the uh-huh. theater because I loved it so much. And but you don't remember which one? I don't remember. Well, specifically, I don't remember. I think my parents even at one point like dropped me off at the movie theater. And they're like, we've seen it like six times. You go by yourself. That must have been Willow because I don't think they would have dropped me off at like a PG. Well, 13? it's this story that made us bring yeah. you back. Yeah, yeah. Because the fact that you thought that this was Hot Shots and you couldn't remember <laughs> has lodged in Marshall and Mai's brain for six months at this point, and we're like, we must visit Hot Shots. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, this is 1991's Hot Shots, um, and it was directed by Jim Abrahams, who was the co-director and co-creator of the Airplane movies. Yeah. Uh, Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds about right, because this specifically features a kind of slapsticky parody that's well, definitely had a golden age, and this is from kind of the, towards the end of that golden age, uh, that we don't really see much anymore. So, uh, Ariana, can you describe to us what you remember the plot of Hot Shots being? Okay. I don't remember the plot at all, but <laughs> um, I have come to since realize that it's a spoof of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. And um, I had not seen Top Gun until like the last couple years. Um, So, and I fell asleep during it. Oh, wow. I know, I know. You're going to get a lot of hate mail, and I apologize. Um, But anyway, so so I've now come to understand that Hot Shots is a spoof. Or maybe, in your world... Top Gun is a dramatic spoof of Hot Shots. <laughs> dramatic retelling of the events in Hot Shots. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It could be. And it should have stayed a comedy because yeah. you fell asleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no there's no comedy. There's no Charlie Sheen in this one, I said. Um, yeah, so, uh, but I do remember that Charlie Sheen was hilarious. I do remember there was a very, like, sensual fruit scene. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sensual fruit. <laughs> Who doesn't like sensual fruit scenes? And, um, yeah, and looking back, 
I then came to know Naked Gun and the airplane movies and like love those movies. But for me, Hot Shots was like the key into that genre of films. Yeah, that's it's really cool because like spoof definitely had like a heyday where it was elevated to uh, its very own kind of like comedic art form. And so far we've only done really one other spoof film. We did Spaceballs, mm-hmm. uh, which also featured a lot of slapstick, but I'm curious because it our, our problem with that one, spoiler alert, was that the timing was very slow, much slower than I think we expected. Hmm. So I'm, I'd be curious, I'm personally, like I'm looking forward to this movie a lot, but I'm curious to see whether or not the timing is faster and, because in my mind, spoof really works when there's like a lot being thrown at you. Right. It's kind but of but yeah. Is it just because your brain has been corrupted by the ADD nature of editing? Um, and the I internet. mean, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any way to walk that back. But it is true. I mean, I think things that were funny at certain points aren't funny anymore. Like, you watch, all, you know, movies from the 80s, and, and they were hilarious at the time. And now you're like, th- exactly, like Spaceballs I saw recently and was like, this is so slow. This <laughs> yeah. isn't that funny to me. They'll, yeah, there'll be like a, a whole minute of a setup for like a very much like a wah-wah mm-hmm. kind of joke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 that's way too much setup for mm-hmm. a dad pun. Um <laughs> So uh, I'm curious. So Laura, what what about you and your relationship to spoof when you were a, a little girl? Were you I a think big fan? it was really the Naked Gun movies that that st- stand out in my head. Mm-hmm. I remember where in the Naked Gun movie they walk out onto a balcony, and the moon is like five feet away and like the size of the entire screen and they're like the moon is looking beautiful tonight and it's literally <laughs> like obviously just like giant prop moon hilariously it's 30 times too big but I was very young at the time and I have searched for a moon that size in the sky so many times <laughs> and it like really it like really I always want to see a moon I always want to see a moon that big um there's one show that it that uh, is out currently, um, Angie Tribeca is absolutely in this style. And I'm curious to to go back and watch Hot Shots. This is one of the pinnacles of this art form. <laughs> um, to see if it if that to see if the Angie Tribeca style show in 2017 has actually been sped up mm-hmm. or if this was actually an art form, an art, I'm just going to keep calling this an art form, guys, because... I'm not going to fight you on No, that. or this was actually an art form that was maybe ahead of its time mm-hmm. in its speed. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, because I've seen a couple episodes of Andy Tribeca, and was like, by all means, I should love this show. This is like, when I think of these kind of spoofs, it's like, oh yeah, the best thing ever. And I haven't taken to Angie Tribeca as quickly as I think I should be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, because it's not like it's not well done. It's done really well. But I just wonder now, like, if I'm just not as entertained, amused by that. Yeah. And in a way, something. I feel Angie Tribeca is a little too fast, at least mm. for me. Maybe that's because I'm an old lady now. <laughs> and um, my sensibilities say? are back in the days of Hot Shots. Mm-hmm. We will find out. We're yeah. going to see. Well, won't you see how parody sits with you and join us while we watch 1991's Hot Shots. Hot Shots. Somewhere in the Mediterranean, on this naval aircraft carrier, 
These men have been selected to write a page in military history. They are the best the Navy and Air Force have to offer. They've been brought together to form an elite squad of fighter pilots. Their mission, one of national security and international concern. These are the fearless pilots. It seems no matter what I do, I end up hurting someone. The men who command them. Pudding. No, thank you, sir. I'll do my best. And the women who love them. Charlie Sheen. Never wanted to be a horse so much in my life. Lloyd Bridges. Call them the best of the best. Call them Eddie's. Hot Shots. The mother of all movies. country all right and that was hot shots <laughs> and uh i i regret to inform the listeners that you will not get to enjoy it the way we did with uh ari kaiser tittering through the entire thing which is i mean like i i loved it <laughs> i i watching it um realized like i get such a kick out of like slapstick physical comedy. I love it when people fall down, which is like very <laughs> unlike me otherwise. And I realize it must be from this movie because I would just lose it every time someone hit their head or fell off of a balcony or anything like that. I uh, can't yeah. get enough. <laughs> yeah, there's there is plenty of pratfalls. Uh, there's actually a point at which I was like, ooh, we should have been running a head bonk count because there's at least three dozen head bonk and jokes. And not only is it just head bonk jokes but like the foley artist on this was on point there are definitely over the top every time yeah lots of funny sound effects yeah in fact at first i was noticing that a lot of the jokes were coming from the sound Mm -hmm. effects Mm -hmm. which was uh kind of cool to notice yeah it's interesting it makes you wonder like how much funnier the movie got after Mm -hmm. it was after it went into like audio finishing (laughs) (laughs) the initial dailies that the studio was just walking it's like Okay, uh, you have to understand that, like, with the funny, <laughs> with the head bonk, we're going to have funny noises. It's we just don't have the noises. foley yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and things they discovered, you know, afterwards. Yeah. So, so this movie is, like we said, it's a parody of a ton of different movies. Um, like, Is it really a parody of a ton of different movies? It just looks like Top Gun to me. What am I missing? Well, okay. So, according to the official description, the movie parodies Top Gun, Nine and a Half Weeks, Dances with Wolves, Whoa. The Marathon Man, Rocky, Superman, and Gone with the Wind. Yeah, but some of those are just throw-ins. Yeah, they were references. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see the horribly uh, inappropriate Dances with Wolves one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie, yeah, the movie randomly begins and ends at a teepee village where <laughs> apparently uh, Charlie Sheen is just living. Um, Topper Harley. Topper Harley. Yes. Don't forget. Uh, what a name. <laughs> <laughs> right. So manly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's our, he's our char- hero character and um, 
it, it's interesting because watching this, we got all the way through it and I realized Hot Shots Part 2 is the one that I've seen the most. Mm-hmm. Because there were a lot of jokes that I kept waiting to happen and they didn't happen. And it's all right because a lot of our characters from Hot Shots Part 2 are, are in this one, including Valeria Golina, who plays Ramada, his, <laughs> his love interest, who... Who manages to be like really hot and sultry the whole time while doing physical comedy and like just deadpan delivery mm-hmm. of like some of the silliest lines <laughs> in the movie? Uh, she's she's really great. Like mm-hmm. I dig her a lot in this movie. And then we have Lloyd Bridges playing the command, the admiral of the navy. He kills me. I'm surprised that that role didn't go to Leslie Nielsen. I feel like <laughs> I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was written for Leslie Nielsen. And he's like, no, I have my own movies like this you're ripping me off right right well the interesting thing is like I feel like we have Lloyd Bridges and Leslie Nielsen both being in these kinds of movies before like aren't they both in Airplane I want to say I think you're right and I think I'm almost certain Leslie Nielsen does appear in Hot Shots Part Two, like alongside Lloyd Bridges. I think they're I think they're both in the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently, you're not the only one wondering where's Lace, where's, <laughs> where's Leslie, Leslie Nielsen in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, Lloyd Bridges is great. I think you know I don't know him from many other things, but boy, he's great. In that role. <laughs> he definitely receives the lion's share of the head bonks. Yes, <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> And, like, so many of his, like, really funny lines are ones that just kind of keep going and going and going, mm-hmm. where he's just, like, mumble, like mumbling grumbly <laughs> to himself. And it makes me wonder how much was actually in the script and how much is him, like, improvising, like, just riffing on something. So the the plot of the movie is, uh, I mean, the plot of the movie is kind of irrelevant. It's I know, just a I was thinking to, about to how are we going to talk about the plot, and then I was like... But, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, if you've seen Top Gun, the you, plot is Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not the point, really. <laughs> yeah. It's, where can we get a joke in? <laughs> right. Like, the fact that there is a plot to this is odd to me. <laughs> well, I think going back to what we were talking about in the intro section, uh, we were wondering about what the timing would be like. Since right. we'd all recently seen Spaceballs. It was speedy. And I thought mm-hmm. it was quite mm-hmm. speedy. Yeah. Uh, there... It very rarely does a does a scene go by, uh, or does a, even a line go by, where there isn't either a joke in the line they're saying, or there's a joke in what is happening to them or around them. Right. Uh, which is great, and it it makes it so that the movie is never not entertaining, even though I mean, to me, mm-hmm. even though the plot itself is largely irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I was pleased to see that it didn't feel dated. I mean, obviously there were some jokes that like were made that we wouldn't make today and that are a little culturally <laughs> insensitive, but like otherwise I felt like it it really stands up. It you know, it stands the test of time. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> someone as, falls, it's funny. As far as uh things that I don't think would would jive today, mm-hmm. I don't think that this type of film could be made about the military today. Period. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, because of the, because of how hyper. Well, if you think about it, it's hyper politicized, and also we've been at war for almost two decades now. Mm-hmm. But this was like a weird period Which of time. We're in the we're in the period of the yeah. longest war America's ever been. And in. this film was in the period of one of the largest peacetimes. Hmm. Right. And um. Right. Uh, one of well, I, 19, I, I, yes, it was right around the Gulf yeah. War is ramping up yes, when exactly. they were making yeah. it. So it's uh, it's interesting because 
that is a period of time where you know the last thing you had had was Vietnam it had been a good decade people were probably getting back into the swing of civilian life pretty to the to the point where they could joke and I found that really interesting to think about today mm-hmm. um, because there are so many jokes in here about the military about about death about all of this that I just do not think would be taken with any sort of any sort of like you know tongue in cheek and there was this whole thing the, the thing that really kind of blew my mind was there was this whole section where they do the 21 gun salute at a funeral <laughs> and um, the Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges has a PTSD episode pulls a pistol out, waves it around takes the new widow to the ground <laughs> and with the pistol ends up killing like four of the guys <laughs> with the rifles in the 21 While gun hiding salute. Behind the coffin. While yeah. hiding behind the coffin. And I was like, man this joke is not acceptable for today at all. Right. To the point that I was fascinated that there was ever a time when it wouldn't have been scandalous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was really interesting. Kind of it was kind of intense for me in that moment to to see the juxtaposition and, and ask myself, what was our society like when when that was just a joke? Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of funny also with Lloyd Bridges' character. One of the recurring gags about him is that he's suffered innumerable injuries in <laughs> every, every yeah. war that has happened in the last century. I think yeah. my favorite one-liner about that was there was another head bonk, and uh-huh. he was like, "You got to be careful; it's Corningware." <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact that he had like a Corningware skull, yeah, was very entertaining. To me. At one point, uh-huh. his ears are made; his ear canal is made of titanium, and it goes all the way through. Yeah, Yeah. he takes the handkerchief and puts it... Yeah. It's great. That's something I realized without knowing it. That image has stuck with me. No, that one too. Yeah. Yeah, That is the only... I think this is one of those movies that has been on in the background, Mm -hmm. but I've never really sat down and taken in. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the only scene where I was like, I totally remember this, Mm -hmm. is when he is like... Cleaning out his ears. I just want to make that noise over and over again. Um, Cleaning out his ears with the... The handkerchief through the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. gives me the willies. <laughs> <laughs> the wet willies. The, the wet willies. willies. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it really kind of hits upon, like, one of the things that I think is really interesting about parody is that parody's like, let's do cartoon jokes in real life. Yeah. And it's because, you know, like, they're not the first people to do the between the ears, clean out the, <laughs> clean them out with the handkerchief but they're joke. they're the first person in real life and to, to do, do it. to do it in real yeah, life, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of those. There's a bunch of jokes where you only catch that there's like a prop person right before the prop person either gets crushed or uh, there's a part where someone's getting a blood transfusion and the the person they cut away and when they cut back the person that's giving the blood has been replaced by a dummy that quickly shrinks as if it's <laughs> like a Capri Sun being uh, being just slurped up. Uh, <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> uh, also funny enough, John Cryer is in this movie. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that, <laughs> that John Cryer and Charlie Sheen had a, had a past mm-hmm. prior to Two and a Half Men. And Marshall pointed out this was two men prior to the half man being born. Right, yeah. Like So this came out in 1991. So the half man, the, the actor who plays the <laughs> half man. Is, I feel like a half man is not an acceptable <laughs> phrase, even if we're talking about a child. Is it not a slur for <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) You know, 13-year-old boys, half men. Mm. 
but yeah, and so it's really weird to think that they like not only knew each other but like worked in comedy yeah. together in a like very successful movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you ladies a chance to guess how successful do you think this movie was? Ooh. I I think I remember this movie being very successful. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know numbers. Uh-huh. I mean, if my seeing it in the theater seven times is any indication, <laughs> purely on baby Ariana alone. Made at least $28. Yeah. <laughs> Child prices at the yeah. movie theater. Yeah, I would think it was pretty successful. Yeah, it made $180 million oh, worldwide in 1991 money. So that's, that's like $500 million today. That's, that's I think wonderful. Woman too, though, money. because like think wow. about like they had that was a big budget. Mm-hmm. They were on a destroyer. Yeah, yeah. There there was lots of actual practical jet fighter yeah. stunts in this mm-hmm. movie, uh, and then I did think it's funny every time you'd see like these beautiful actual jet shots, and then they'd be like, "All right, now it's time for a physical gag where one plane taps the other plane on the head with its wing, and it becomes an obvious <laughs> puppet on a popsicle stick." Like the. The thing I love about this, one of the funny recurring jokes in these sorts of parodies is when, like, uh, we don't have to hide that it's a shitty prop. Like, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> like totally. that's the joke, is it's a shitty prop. No, I like it when they commit to, to the bad. Yeah, big mm-hmm. fan. One scene that I feel like we have to talk about is uh, Ramada and Topper's sex scene that happens early in the movie and res- it, it will eventually lead to a hangover that results in the death of dead meat and the washing out of washout. You know, I, I saw that coming. Yeah. I did. Oh, wow. I know. You guys. That's really good to read between the lines here. <laughs> that's very complex, yeah. So Ari, why don't you walk us through this uh, sex scene? Oh, well, boy, memories. Um, Because <laughs> so this is the part that you did remember. Yeah. Very was clearly. This, was this, did this affect you as, as a I, growing girl? I think it must have. Because, I mean, there were, I, I realized there were a lot of jokes in this movie that were over my head, but I still thought it was hilarious. And I think the fruit sex scene, like, yes, over my head, but I was like, I really dig this. <laughs> this I'm is, into this, I, but I don't know why. Yeah. I get it somehow. Um, so, yeah, it starts with Ramada and Topper bathed in the light of the refrigerator <laughs> and I'm guessing it's some kind of reference to a Top Gun sex scene I don't know but he starts by feeding her like a grape and then a strawberry and then a cheese pizza <laughs> now my favorite part about the cheese pizza is that he took a personal cheese pizza that was full for some reason in the <laughs> yeah. fridge a pan pizza rolled it up like a burrito licked the end like it was an envelope sealed it or like it was a, a rolled up cigarette or like a cigarette yeah. sure or a sealed joint. it and then put it in her mouth like it was a phallic object oh yeah it was very odd and then it just keeps going from there I think we all really got a kick out of like eventually she's laying in bed and he starts frying things on her stomach because it is so hot it's so hot it's such a funny there's several scenes in this movie that are like this where you can tell that the writers sat around in the writers room <laughs> and they're like alright no idea is a bad idea let's talk about some funny sex and foods things and they're like oh we should do something with the ice cube but like the ice cube's boiling like it's a hot on a hot plate ooh well okay 
okay, well, if we're going to make a hot plate stomach, then we should crack an egg on it. Let's put bacon on it. All right, great, bacon, yes. I love that they made a practical prop that mm-hmm. was a, like, a griddle. Yeah. yeah. But it was, a, like, a flat girl's stomach. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, is... is is there somewhere Valerie Golina's uh, prop belly skillet in some dude, like some prop maker's attic? Or do they bust it out every now and then be like, hey, you guys want to <laughs> we'll make some hash I hope they let browns? Valerie Go- Golina keep it. Yeah. Oh, right. Unless yeah. they need to reuse it for other movies. I mean, once you make something it's, that great, <laughs> you don't want to throw true. it away. It's true. It becomes an entire genre. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if it'll make a comeback in the, in the merchandise part do. Oh, yeah, merchandise. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, um, That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, grills. for all the people who have the uh, Christmas story uh, girly leg lamp, <laughs> you can also have a hot belly griddle. <laughs> you guys, I think this would sell. Yeah. yeah. I'd if buy you're one. listening, people that own the rights to hot shots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Why objectify us- women when you can have objects look like women around your apartment? <laughs> Just you can send learn. us one for free. <laughs> yeah. We'll endorse it. Uh... <laughs> So there's a part towards the end of the movie where uh, where Topper realizes that he can sort of forgive his dad for abandoning him when he was a kid because he like learns that his dad is actually a hero and not just some reckless hotshot like he is, and he and he tosses his dad's eyes, which he <laughs> keeps in a in a clasp into the ocean, and it made me wonder. How many things do you think are floating in the ocean that someone has meaningfully like stared off into the middle distance and then hurled it off the edge of a ship? Do you think uh. that the eyes met up a few years later with the heart of the ocean from Titanic? Yeah, right. Oh, wow. That was a, that was there's actually two experiences in this movie where um memories of stuff that's happened past this film mm-hmm. made me think that they were spoofing something that had happened later. Oh, and oh, I yeah. totally thought that that was a spoof of Titanic and and quickly realized that it wasn't. Yeah. And there was something so fun- there was so funky about that mind bend to me. And then there was another point just before that where um, a guy like was catapulted off the destroyer mm-hmm. or I guess it's not a destroyer it's an aircraft carrier um, off the aircraft carrier and as he's flying through the air he screams I can see my house from here and all I can think of is Sarah Palin <laughs> <laughs> I can see Russia from my house yeah and um yeah, I wonder if you can, like, collect all the times in various movies where someone has, like, meaningfully thrown, like, I'm letting this go. <laughs> and then you go down to Ariel. Right. And she has all of them. All She's that singing stuff. about oh all of gosh. the stuff down there. Yeah. yeah. We need to go back I wonder if she has glass eyeballs. In the- she probably does. <laughs> Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is there any particular scenes from this movie that you remember uh, being really different? Or are there any scenes here that as soon as it came on, you were like, oh, yes, this scene. Yeah, no, I was surprised at how I knew what was coming up. Like, when we sat down earlier today, I could not tell you what the plot was. I still maybe couldn't. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't really give you many details. But as it started, like, first of all, I think I mentioned I had the soundtrack on cassette. Mm-hmm. And... Like, so the music, definitely, like, I know by heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I listen to it all the time. But as the movie was going, 
going. I like knew what was coming next. I would like, I think, laugh sometimes before it actually happened. And I was surprised by that. Like it's really stuck with me more than more than I was aware. And again, there were jokes that I did not get it as a kid. And I was like, oh, now I see what that's all about. Like right. I never understood why he pulled out a carrot out of that cigarette case. I didn't really know what the cigarette case uh-huh. was. And like tapped it on top of the case and I'm like oh it's like it's a cigarette uh, it's a carrot uh, it's it was like I remember it was as funny as I remember it I enjoyed it as much as I did when I was <laughs> little yeah no I, I agree this is this is the thing that like it was it was so enjoyable that I like now really look forward to seeing the one that I remember more which is the, the sequel this movie made so much money that it immediately was greenlit for a sequel which came out in 1993 and I'm sure we will do sometime in the not too distant future mm-hmm. where several of the characters all come back and uh, reprise their roles so this is not the end of Topper Harley's story <laughs> it's just beginning or at least it's halfway through <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness so we haven't quite touched on uh, Carrie Elwes oh. oh yeah so the man in black himself Carrie Elwes is in this play our handsome villain I actually did not realize until about a third of the way in that was him Really? Yeah, because there's just something so weird about him not having long hair to me. Mm. But I found there have been other films I've seen him in that I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. There's just something about his face mm-hmm. that I just don't. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> not me. I forgot that he was in this movie, and I just, I think, man, what an attractive man. <laughs> like every time I see him, I'm like, he's just like the pinnacle of attractive 80s <laughs> He is. He is. He does look so much like, um, who's who's he spoofing? Uh, oh, in... Starts with oh, Val Kilmer. Yes. He looks so much like Which Val is appropriate oh that God. you think he's... Oh, you I'm about to explode. Um... <laughs> Fans of the show will remember that Ari Kaiser could not get over how much she loved Val Kilmer in <laughs> Willow. It seems she has a type. <laughs> Except, and, and how did you fall asleep during Top Gun? I don't know. I well, don't he know. dies. And he's not yeah. as ruggedly handsome. Uh, yeah, did you not... fall asleep after he died? I, he dies, right? Goose? Isn't he Goose? Spoiler! Yeah, no, I knew that before watching it. Yeah, he does die. Yeah, I think he, it's He plays character. the dead meat character. <laughs> it's like a combo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, he doesn't look like Mad... I think the appeal of Mad Morgan was the rugged, the long hair. And oh, which would also be the appeal of Carrie Elwes yeah. in uh, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Right. Woof. Woof. By I that same you. token, did, were you like a fan of Viggo Mortensen when he's playing Strider in the Lord of the Rings movie? He also yeah. had the long hair. Yeah. Very Mad Morgan. I him. was torn between him and uh, the elf Orlando Bloom's oh, character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that? Yeah. <laughs> She likes some clean cut sometimes. She likes some rugged sometimes. Point is, she likes the long hair. Fourth, yeah, apparently. Oh my gosh. Learning <laughs> <laughs> so much about myself. Uh, yeah, he plays a really great, um, like not not total villain. He makes a great like rival or antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the funny thing is, he's you know he has a natural British accent, and he's not he's doing an American accent in this, but. Even then, because he has to do a little bit of his, like, you know, you know, <laughs> lip curling. He's very snooty. He's very snooty. And so he's just only just barely restraining his the British char- accent. I think we need to tell the character's name, which was Kent Gregory. Yes. Oh, Kent Gregory. And what was his call sign? Because I wanted him to have a call sign as on the nose as Dead Meat and Washout. Like, I was hoping his, hoping his name was Rival. I don't think yeah. he had a call sign. Oh, yeah. whoa. Too bad. They'd be like, Kent Gregory. 
It's just too perfect. Oh, because his helmet just had the American flag on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and it, I don't know if you guys are paying attention. Topper's name was Sean. He's Sean Harley. But to- oh. who knows why Topper is his nickname. Although there is some homoeroticism played around his name yeah. towards the end of the movie. Which, okay, so one thing I did <laughs> notice, I don't know if you guys noticed this too, but there are several, there are a lot of jokes about effeminate or uh, vivacious men in the mm-hmm. military, mm-hmm. but there aren't... It. It's more played for, like, physical humor. Like, you'll see people just, like, dancing in the round. Doing in the, the background, can-can doing in the, the back, Doing the can-can. Yeah. Uh, and Lloyd Bridges, in fact, has several lines where he, like, seems to establish the Admiral as being bisexual. Right. And... I, I found that like really entertaining that it's 1991 and this is a movie about being in the military and it's a spoof of uh, Top Gun, which has that uh, you know famous volleyball scene, which like everyone's like saying like oh man, like that that made a lot of young boys realize that they were gay, right? <laughs> and so there's this idea that like Top Gun has its place in gay cinema, even though it has no uh, gay characters in it. And then I think it's interesting that at a time when making a lot of like gay guys as the butt of jokes mm-hmm. would have been perfectly acceptable in 1991. Right. But there's no oh they're, they're gay. Like, yeah. There's none yeah, yeah. of those jokes in I, this movie. I did yeah. note by the end of the movie that I did not catch any homophobic yeah. sensations. Um, like there was there was one great line where at the very beginning where Charlie Sheen walks up to someone in the barracks <laughs> and he's putting up a picture on the wall and he says, um, looks good. Or, or cute. It's cute. a picture of the guy oh, yeah. and his wife. Yeah. yeah, cute. And the guy says uh, what does he say? Thank you. I try and stay in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I work out. Yeah. yeah. And there was yeah. and it was one of those moments of like Oh, I loved that. It was just like, oh, I appreciate you complimenting me, other man, on my, on my felt nature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it actually kind of, I it actually kind of jarred me when that happened because I kind of prepared myself for it to be the butt of a joke, but it was totally accepted and they moved on. And I thought that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. There was only one the because I was also kind of looking yep. for this because I was expecting to be more offended than yeah. I was with many different aspects of it. Um, but uh, there was one where Washout is talking about like how he could get his eyes repaired, oh, but right. they'd have to go through the rectum, and he said, "No man is gonna go that way through me." But even that was kind of like it's more like uh, extensive <laughs> surgery through the butt doesn't sound <laughs> fun. Not but that was the only thing that I felt like they made a comment about it. Right. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, hitting upon the topic of attractive people in the barracks, so like a <laughs> like a one-note joke is Christy Swanson is in this movie playing a man. But the entire time. The entire yeah. time. That and, is the only point of the character. Right. So she's just there being attractive, uh, but, but everyone just refers to her like, you know, I want to see you clean-shaven in the morning. And like, uh, they, they even like put a button on it at the end when, spoiler alert, Topper succeeds in his mission. Christy Swanson comes up and great job man i'm pr- like i'm proud to be a guy in your unit and he, he's like you sure are a guy in my unit <laughs> but so i'm wondering though because i don't really remember top gun is there a female character like that like i always assumed that was just kind of you know their version of 
of that I character. I don't remember. have an answer for that. Yeah. I want to grossly say I don't know if women are allowed in, to fly in the Air Force yeah, because yeah. it's technically a combat role. Right. Or at least definitely not at the time. I mean, no. could women fly in the I mean, yeah, yeah. I do mean it. Yeah, I meant at the time. Hmm. Yeah. Well, if you remember whether or not there was a female <laughs> character in Top Gun, definitely get at us at Do I Still Love It all over the internet. Uh, so, given the fact that you saw this so much when you were a little kid, Ari, do you think it was appropriate viewing for <laughs> teeny tiny Ariana Kaiser? I think so. I think there was nothing... Because, okay, so this came out in 91, so I would have been about nine. So mm-hmm. I wasn't like, you know... Well, I was nine. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was nothing that I... I can see why my parents let me watch this movie. There was nothing other than like the fruit scene or the food scene, I guess. It's not all fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, Just starts there. Yeah. But <laughs> even that like wasn't overly like now we can tell what's going on. But at the time, like I don't think, you know, it's not like overtly sex. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that, I definitely when we were watching it, I immediately remembered this scene. And as much as the as much as the the weird food sex scene is like hilarious to us as adults. Like when I saw this and I, you know, I was eight when this came out, but I think I only would have seen it once it came to like television, like on USA Today or something. Mm -hmm. And when I saw this, I definitely remember finding it really hot (laughs) because because Valerie Galena is very attractive Mm -hmm. and like they don't hide the fact that she's very attractive they just have her doing really goofy things (laughs) with food yeah um and and then intercutting between like her stomach as a sizzling griddle and her just making o faces yeah 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 speaking of attractive Mm -hmm. it is really uncomfortable to find Charlie Sheen attractive (laughs) after everything that's happened yeah, but he it, was so good looking. He was back so then. good looking back then, yeah. and it's like makes me very uncomfortable to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Charlie, but yeah, he he really had a fall from grace. Yeah, well, yeah, I think seeing this, like, you really get an appreciation of like how talented he yeah. was. We kind of forget that now because, and maybe maybe we can kind of appreciate a little bit more why people tried so hard to help his career not mm-hmm. fail. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he was a very talented comedic actor and much more attractive than I <laughs> remember him being. And yeah. yeah, he's definitely got that square, like squ- square hairline, square jaw. Like he definitely has quite the uh, like traditional attractive leading man mm-hmm. face. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I got to say, though, when... It, little quick moment where they did the Superman spoof. Mm-hmm. He looked great with the little curly Q uh, Christopher Reeve hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was the sort of thing where I realized if they had decided to make a madman in the early 2000s before <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Sheen train wreck, yeah. Charlie Sheen would have been a really interesting Don Draper. Like, because <laughs> he's because he's goofy, but he this entire movie, he's being dashing and serious. Yeah. And he's just saying funny things. Yeah. And John Hamm is actually quite the same. We just got to know him as a dramatic actor first, so he's actually a comedic actor by trade. I don't know, I feel really uncomfortable with that. There's <laughs> something really weird about the concept of Charlie Sheen as what, Don Draper. He's a two and a half man. He did two and a half. Mad men. Whoa. Whoa. That's too many mad men. This is good. That is too many mad men. Oh my gosh. 
crossover. <laughs> so, uh, Ariana, should you choose to have children, yes. will you show them hot shots? I think so. I think uh, when they get to an appropriate... Because, again, there wasn't anything that was terribly raunchy or terribly offensive. And I think it really set me up for being able to appreciate certainly physical humor. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely show it to my kids. Yeah, it's really interesting you mentioned that it's not raunchy. And that's really, that's, I think, really appropriate because I'm thinking about what what will come shortly after this period in time when, um, not to lay it all at his feet, but partially because of Jim Carrey, like, raunch comedy. And then surely uh, when Adam Sandler yeah. and Chris Farley... Like, I was going to say, how dare you cut Adam Sandler out of that <laughs> equation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a, a combination of, like, the SNL... Because, like, the 90s becomes when the SNL movies really start taking off, and that mm-hmm. launches Adam Sandler's career, Chris Farley and David Spade's career, and uh, Jim Carrey was on In Living Color. So a similar, like, sketch comedians from television start making raunchy, m- multi million dollar making movies Mm -hmm. and so the mid 90s becomes like a raunch fest uh, and it's interesting that this sort of like innocent Who's Bugs back Bunny in the kind of yeah, wholesome, yeah. you know, cartoon jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> what about you, Laura? Would you show this to your children? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like mind them watching it. But I don't know if I'd be like, we need to sit down and watch Hot Shots. <laughs> <laughs> Just you kids, wait. Gather We've got around, a treat children. for you. I mean, like, if my kid is a natural physical comedian, which they might be, then I would probably show them. Mm-hmm. I would probably show them this. Because this was actually, as far as a physical comedy movie goes, this was great. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's great seeing how much physical comedy Lloyd Bridges was doing, yeah. uh, where it's not, like, there's plenty of times where it's obviously a body double and that's funny. But there's plenty of, like, actual, like, head bonks and pratfalls that it's Lloyd Bridges doing it. Yeah. And, like, that's really impressive, given that he's already an old man at the time yeah. doing this movie. I'm just thinking of the whole cap sequence where he <laughs> asks him to turn around the boat because his cap flies out. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, that's another he says, oh, right, we're going into battle. We'll, we'll, we'll get it when we come back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't want it lost out there in the ocean all by itself. Put somebody in a dinghy. Tell them to circle it until we get back. <laughs> um, I actually want to bring up one thing that I found really intriguing, which was how do you handle a dramatic death Mm. in a slapstick comedy. Um, Because they, you know, since they based it on Top Gun, they knew that they had to deal with what in the film is this... Like, I actually... The reason I never watched Top Gun more than once when I was a kid was because that is a tragic and horrifying... They did a very good job in that film of really letting you feel that death. Mm. And so I find it really interesting as to how they handled it. And they handled it great. Mm. Because, his, first off, his name's Dead Meat. Mm-hmm. His, his and, call then, sign, and you learn his call sign is Dead Meat the scene before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think when he first no, no, introduced... He just introduces himself as that. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, right. When we're introduced to all the characters, they all give their call signs, which all just tell you what role they will be <laughs> yeah. playing in this movie. Yeah. So um, he, it starts out where he's like, oh, I can't find my lucky gum. And then his wife shows up and she's like, oh, 
I had the day off. We're just so happy. <laughs> yeah. And then and then she's like, Oh, your life insurance came. He's like, Oh, I can't I can't sign it, dear. My the, my pin's out of ink. I'll sign it when I get back. <laughs> and then she's I'm like, going into a jet. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and then she says, Oh, I read your note about how you figured out the JFK assassination. That's right, honey. I've got the smoking gun right here in my pocket. I'm gonna blow it wide open. It goes all the way to the White House. Do you want me to hold it for you? <laughs> Do you want me to hold it for you? No, no, no. I think it's best I just keep it right here in my breast pocket. I'm going inside a chat after all. <laughs> and I felt like, like that was masterful. Right. It was a masterful way for us to know this is when he dies. Mm-hmm. And just to just set us up completely. And then his death is the most ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like they I, drag it out with even more head bonks. <laughs> he can't get out of this without getting bonked. He bonked like 85 times in yeah. three minutes. Yeah. 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 And we don't actually know how he dies. I mean, presumably from because all the head He says <laughs> the last line before his funeral, which yeah. is they're wheeling him into the hospital and they're like, please, doctor, do everything you can for him. Don't worry, honey. I'm in a hospital. What's the worst that could happen? Smash cut to a few. <laughs> so take note, comedy writers. If you want to be able to put a death in your movie and not make it tragic, make sure to draw it out really yeah. long. Give us lots of warning and then draw it out as long as possible. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that the funeral scene was done nearly as well as the death <laughs> yeah. itself. But, uh, you know, the death was pretty pretty on point. Mm-hmm. So ladies, one question I have before we get to our title question is, what do you think the role of this kind of parody, do you think there's still room for this kind of parody in modern sensibilities? I mean, we talked earlier about uh, Rashida Jones, Angie Tribeca mm-hmm. television program, which is very much in the same sort of vein of uh, slapstick humor. But do you think... Because it was a while between when these movies stopped being made and Angie Tribeca got made. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's room for this style humor these days? I think that there is, but I think that it's it's YouTube video length. I, you know, like back in the days of Vine, we're already talking about that with nostalgia. Um, but I think that a lot of the, a lot of like the slapstick, like one-liners now exist in their own one-liner setting. Hmm. And I don't know if today a 90 minute film of this would make nearly as much bank. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, the, thing that I really appreciate appreciate about these types of movies is those one-liners are so telling about the time that they were made. So there's like references like, you know, George Bush Sr. Like there was some audio of him and like there were just kind of references to things that were going on. Technology. There's a dig directly at Don King and how his boxers <laughs> at the time were under a, a suspicion for throwing big title fights. Yeah. So I think um, people always kind of enjoy that parody. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not it's you're not seeing movies like this made anymore. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see one about the Trump administration. Yeah, at some I was point. gonna say. Right. Because that's yeah. the only way you can heighten it. Yeah. Well, right. I, you know, now that I think about it, the, I guess this type of movie did sort of survive into the two thousands with the scary movies. Oh yeah. Because they okay. they were like parodies. They started with parodies of Scream. But I I seem to remember There's going to them with, to those, yes, I think mm-hmm. I remember going to them with hope that it would be like, you know, as I think of them, Leslie Nielsen comedies, even though Leslie Nielsen isn't in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were definitely, I think, going for that. Like, we're going to have a lot of jokey puns and a lot of prop humor and a lot of pratfalls. But there's also, like, a lot of 
bodily functions mm-hmm. and a lot of sex jokes. And the the sex jokes in this movie are limited to weird, like touching you with food stuff, <laughs> and don't actually get into like any like bodily functions or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, yeah that's funny. That, that was the for me personally was the least sexy sex scene I've ever seen. <laughs> like, oh, the idea of just like food play. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, nineteen. Nope. Yeah. Well, nine year old Marshall disagrees. Yeah. I yeah. Now that I know what's going on, I'm like, well, that wasn't that sexy, but at the time. <laughs> At the time when I had no idea about anything. Definitely gave me confusing pants feelings. Yes. And I realized that now when I look at um, those olives, pimento olives, (laughs) I think of that scene. Have you ever tried to suck the middle out of a No. But I have tried to pop one out of my belly button. Just kidding. I have. But now I want to try. Were you able to get it into your mouth? I feel like that's the... (laughs) Well, this brings us to our title question do i still love it ariana kaiser yes yes i do i was honestly enjoying it so much and the laughter was real and uh even though i could remember kind of what was coming up i just could not get enough of all the head bonks and all the falling (laughs) i i I really do mean it audience i I feel bad that you guys missed out on being able to sit next to ari like i did and listen to her giggle at every single joke it was delightful laura weiss do you still love it i enjoyed it I think I I think that the the ways in which I don't enjoy it actually say a lot about how my brain has been degraded by the internet uh-huh. less and less about the actual film because I just don't have the capacity uh, with um, attention to like really give to a 90 minute slapstick comedy anymore mm. I, I'm like oh the joke is done great oh yeah your my, eyes were going down to my, your phone a lot yeah yeah well I started looking at my phone because I was looking up something about the movie I was actually trying to figure out if Mel Brooks was the um, the Native American was the Native American still I wasn't able to find it I don't I, think I, I don't was. think it was I think I saw him build with like a Regular sounding person's name. Regular, so. probably white guy's name. <laughs> well, no, actually, I think I remember it seeming like he, he well, I mean, oh, okay. he might be Latino or something, okay. you know, um, so they're fudging it. Yeah, so I started by trying to look it up because the, the uh, Native American man looked a lot like Mel Brooks under makeup. Uh, astoundingly and, so. Yeah, and we then, all thought, oh, is this a Mel Brooks? That's I, not Mel Brooks. Yeah, movie. I still wasn't <laughs> certain by the end. Um, but what I found was, because I, so I picked up my phone like within the first two, two to three minutes to look that up. And and then I found that every time that there was like a big payoff to the joke, my brain just like checked out. Huh. And hmm. so I just like picked my phone back up again. Well. And I had to like keep reminding myself, no, we're watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's more to this. Yeah. yeah. It, it is the interesting thing about a movie like this is that because the plot is really not important and because you can not pay attention to the plot and yeah. still be enjoying the humor is that it is hard to stay engaged. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why we thought that Spaceballs kind of failed because right. when it would take such long time to get to a joke, I've lost interest. Whereas I feel like this movie, and I, I'll say that I do think I still love it, because this movie managed to keep hitting you enough often enough with jokes and I especially appreciate it because really early on I've, I'm like nope Lloyd Bridges is definitely my favorite character in this <laughs> and they never made me go more than five minutes without seeing Lloyd Bridges yeah. fall down some stairs <laughs> or mumble something crazy to himself and uh, so like I, I loved that and I, I was so pleasantly surprised that yes there are parody movies that make jokes at a speed that I'm like very entertained. I do really quickly want to point out the best 
uh, recurring joke in the entire thing. Oh, we didn't even talk about it. Everyone accidentally <laughs> sitting on a chihuahua <laughs> and then picking up the chihuahua and then holding it up to the camera like, oh, where'd this chihuahua come from? It's the same chihuahua every it's time. It's the same chihuahua every time and it's always a different person. It's always in a different location. Yeah. Pretty much every main character in this at one point in time will sit down and you hear a <laughs> and then they stand up and there's the chihuahua. And no one ever says a thing about it. Yeah. It is a good joke. Right. Yeah. And I think it happens like like five or six five times. times like yeah. It happens enough times for it to be a pattern, then right. for you to be like, what? The, the chihuahua again? And then when it happens again, you're like, oh, man, now I love the chihuahua joke. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as he... someone whose relatives have a lot of chihuahuas, <laughs> like accidentally sitting on chihuahuas is something that happens all the time. <laughs> that's a real <laughs> That's a real joke from real life. Any chihuahua owner will back me up. <laughs> back him up, chihuahua owners. Uh, there's one last thing I want to throw at to you guys. So there's a thing called the Royal Film Performance sponsored in the UK. It's a big charity event where they screen a movie and the royal family attends and they do one movie a year and the movie they chose in 1991 (laughs) was Hot Shots. Yeah. Like Queen Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Nah, this is Prince in the time Charles. Of, was this, this was in the time of Diana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like Princess Diana, Prince Charles, their children who were like little boys mm-hmm. at the time, and the Queen Mother, they all sit and watch well, that sex scene. Now, did they watch it with the commoners? Is that I think what that's I what it is. Like they're in a box, like they're in their like obviously their royalty <laughs> box, but then like everybody else is there. I, and I think it's it played in a big like you know, stadium or something. Did they not scream? screen this prior <laughs> like Apparently. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty family friendly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the thing is, it's like it just pushes the envelope enough, but it's not. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't cross over into raunch. Right. Well, funny. and they couldn't show them Naked Gun because there's the whole spoof of the Queen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now that would have shown some moxie. Yeah. To show that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that uh, brings us to the end. I'm really glad that we're now two for two. Ariana still loves it. Yes, yes. To be fair, though, I'm I'm, uh, really a pushover. I don't, there's not much I don't like, especially if I loved it as a kid. But well, uh, don't let that deter you from having me back. Uh, join us something. next time on Can Ariana Possibly Dislike It? <laughs> we will figure out. It is our, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our, uh, now one of our missions. It is one of our challenges to now find a movie like. that you loved that we don't think you'll Ooh, like now. Okay. But I don't want to, I don't want to hurt her, child, her <laughs> childhood in her mind. Oh, we may never accomplish it. And it's a goal yeah. that I'll be okay if we never do. <laughs> All right, well, I really want to thank uh, Ariana Kaiser for coming back, Woo-hoo! bringing yet another movie that I love and allowing me to affirm that I still love it. Yes! Uh, we can't wait to have you back next time. Do you feel up for watching Hot Shots Part Two? Yes, I'm excited because I remember... Ah, here we go. Mm. I remember not really liking Hot Shots Part Two. <sighs> Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. I'm so curious <laughs> as to why. Yeah. Because I remember loving it. Yeah. So... Join us mm. on a future episode with Does Ariana Still Dislike It? Oh. <laughs> Is Ariana Still Underwhelmed by Hot Shots? <laughs> uh, well, join us, uh, won't you? You can find us on the internet at Do I Still Love It on the Instagram and the Twitter and the Gmail and the Facebook and the Friendster and the MySpace. <laughs> Anywhere. Uh, I wish we had a Friendster. <laughs> our Yelp review page. <laughs> Do you 
really have a Yelp review page? <laughs> oh, man. I was about to hit it up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, definitely check us out. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, and share your podcast with a friend of approximately your same age. They'll probably find this fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, recommend them uh, one of the episodes of a movie you know that they loved, and but keep it from them whether or not we still loved it. Uh, that's it for us. I'm Marshall James. And I'm Laura Weiss. Saying goodnight. Hi, everyone. I just want to take a moment here at the end to tell you about a new project that I've launched. The fight for a sustainable future is paramount, but at times it can seem overwhelming, especially when news about the environment often seems so dire. But there are reasons to be hopeful that we can succeed in saving the earth and undoing damage by human activity because every day millions of people are working tirelessly to heal our home world. My project is called The Greenest Generation, and it's a public awareness campaign to spread information about positive, uplifting news about the environment and advancements in the cause of sustainability, as well as resources for how to lower your personal environmental impact. I'm also pleased to announce that Ariana Kaiser, this week's guest, has joined my project as a contributing editor. So please follow The Greenest Generation on Facebook and Instagram at Greenest Generation and on Twitter at Green Gen Blog. Thanks so much.